Don't Cause a Ruckus is a completely fan-produced show of the fan-controlled sports and entertainment network. The first ever open-source professional sports league controlled entirely by you, the fans. If you'd like to watch live, tune into our Twitch, YouTube, or social media channels every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Now, it's time for Don't Cause a Ruckus with AJ Kaw and Jose Ruckus. We talking that talk, we spitting them facts. Them facts. We setting them traps and cracking them back. Crackin back. We got all the news, we know all the story. Know the story. Yeah. We start from the bottom, rise up to the glory. Yeah. We say what your local reporters can't say. Yeah. We break down the X's and those on the play. Replace AJ, King, Con, and Jose. Ruckus. We call it right on the first take and they love us. Yeah, we the best when it comes to sports debate. Find the podcast and let it play. Let if it we play. get you in your feelings, that's okay. AJ and Jose send you on your way like, bro. What's up, Internet? Welcome to Don't Cause a Ruckus, your favorite debate show. You just don't know it yet. I am Jose Ruckus, a.k.a. The People's Analyst. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and arch rival, AJ Kyle. What's up, AJ? How you doing, man? Does it oh, really man. count if we're friends that we're rivals? Yeah, you can be rivals with your friends. Okay, okay, just checking. I think the premise of the show completely falls apart if we're not rivals. Yeah, true. We just like to debate. I mean, a lot of people like to debate and yell at their friends. I guess you're right, yeah. There. Yeah, but I don't do it as much with you know anybody else as I do it with you, so you have That's to be my arch rival. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that works. All right. I'm glad we we clarified all that, got that out in the air. We got a really good show for the people today, AJ. We're going to be talking about Thursday Night Football. We're going to be talking about the World Series. We're going to be talking a little wrestling, a little comic book movies. There's a whole lot of stuff to talk about today. I'm excited. I think we should just start it up. Let's get into it. All right. So I want to start this off coming off the Monday Night Football game where the Patriots, Bill Belichick, made a really interesting move. He sat Mac Jones down on the bench after a couple weeks of Bailey Zappi going out and doing pretty good for the Patriots. They decided in the middle of this game after Mac Jones threw a questionable interception, sat him down, brought out brought out Bailey Zappi. Uh, what do you think, AJ? Is this, is this a good move to be making? I mean... I think you go with a hot hand. Honestly, like, it's great that Mac Jones came back. Everybody was excited for him. But he didn't look as well-oiled. It's like I feel like it's one of those things where you put in a cog that's just a centimeter too big for the machine. Yeah, it works, but there's still little kinks. It's kind of broken up. Zappy's taking over. He's been good. The team loves him. There's a lot of chemistry there. I think it, it's sad to say. But I think Belichick maybe messed up. I think it's one of those times where just go Zappy. Like, move on. You think okay. they should have started Zappy from the beginning. You don't even think they yeah. should have gone Mac Jones to start off. No. I think I think Zappy has the hand, the hot hand. And like it's great that Mac Jones is coming back. You put you put a lot of money into it and stuff, but like, let's be honest. I, I hate to say it. I don't like Bill Belichick. I don't like the Patriots. <laughs> but Bill Belichick is great at making diamonds out of coal, like finding, you know, the diamond in the rough. He did it with Tom Brady, and I think Zappi's the new one for him. I I think he needs to just sit down 
and be a stubborn old man and be like, I'm going to stick with the one guy we got. Mac Jones is great. He messed up. The team is feeling zappy. I say stay zappy. That's 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 my opinion. I no, no, you cannot go. I look, I love Bailey Zappy, okay? I'm a big fan of Bailey Zappy. A lot of people don't know this. Um we actually scouted Bailey Zappy last year. Freddie Airmail sent me over Bailey Zappy's film to watch on my stream. We broke it down and we rated Bailey Zappy very high. We really liked Bailey Zappy. But they invested so much in Mac Jones that this is not the kind of guy. This is a first round pick. This is a very early round. This is a, like a very early draft pick guy. This is what you invested your future in to have Mac Jones be the guy and to bench him down and bring in Bailey Zappi over him, man. That's just I know Mac Jones said that it doesn't hurt the confidence that he doesn't feel like it's a slight at all. But how can it not really deep down inside? That's going to dismantle Mac Jones a little bit. I mean, okay, but look at it this way. When when Zappy came in, he came in on fire. The man got like, what, the touchdowns that needed to, but he didn't have enough time to bring the team back into the game. And that's the issue is I, I get that you want to build for the future. You know, you don't want to demoralize your starting quarterback. But at this point, it's more so let's win with what we've got, especially for the Patriots. Like, they don't have a lot to build on, and a good quarterback, even if it's come out of nowhere, it sucks that you spend so much time building Mac Jones and doing all this. But at the end of the day, go with what's hot. You never know what you can find, man. Like, that, so, that's so my next opinion. week, next game, you're starting Bailey Zappi if you're Bill Belichick. If I was Bill Belichick, I would. Also, I want to shout out Thomas Reed. Great, great player who was in the bubble this year. He got hurt. I'm hoping he comes back to the FCF next year. But thanks for coming in and watching, bro. Appreciate you, Thomas. Uh, but yes, Man. I would start Zappy 100%. Bring I, I am. No, you got to go with Mac Jones. Mac Jones is the guy that you invested in. If Bailey Zappy really is the guy, we can figure that out down the line. We don't have to be worried about week seven i mean th this team is not a playoff team like you got to get your guys reps guys cannot progress if they're not getting reps and mac jones is the guy you invested in. he's the guy who needs to be getting the reps i disagree but i don't think we're gonna agree on this one i think we gotta i don't think agree so. to disagree i i don't i uh put it in the chat i want to know where you guys yeah. are thinking if you're thinking you think it's zappy you think in mac jones well who are you starting this week yeah, we got we got to have somebody decide for us. We need a uh, an impartial judge, so to speak. But while the chat figures out who they want, whether they want Zappy, whether they want Mac Jones, let's start previewing the Thursday night football game tomorrow. We got a nice little game between the Bucks and the Ravens. The Bucks are minus one and a half point underdogs going into this. We talked all last week about how we didn't believe in this Buccaneers team. We think Tom Brady might be going out. Lamar Jackson, of course, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. AJ, did the Bucs even have a chance? No. I'm, I'm, I'm here to say I haven't been a Tom Brady fan, nor am I a Tom Brady fan now. He hasn't been doing good this season. He's an old man that should have stayed retired and saved his marriage, is how I'm going to say it and how I will always say it. The man should have stayed retired. He's going up, in my opinion, against one of the best young quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, Lamar's had some like streakiness to his game. I get that. 
but these ravens are i don't know like what the saying is i guess like knees above head or toes above water better than them whatever you want to say it me and my awful you know sayings but the man he he's not playing well he doesn't have that confidence in him he doesn't have gronk to save him he doesn't have his good buddy gronk to come in and pat him on the butt and say get in there and i don't know i just see the ravens just destroying him i personally i'm gonna say this right here now we need new better teams on monday night and thursday night football I mean, look, they, they they did as best as they could projecting these games out, which teams they thought they were, were going to be good, which teams they thought were going to be bad. They didn't exactly get that one right this year. We've had a lot of really bad primetime games. But I got to be honest with you. I kind of think that the Bucks have a chance here. I do not think that this is head and shoulders, the Ravens above the Bucks. One thing is, is that when you actually watch tom brady's passing his passing it's not as good as it's been but it's still decent enough you got guys who are good enough like mike evans chris godwin's back their passing game is actually it hasn't come together yet there's still some problems there's not a lot of continuity on the offensive line tom brady even though they're actually getting a decent amount of time, he's panicking when guys are starting to come through just because he's he it's not that the offensive line is that bad he just doesn't trust them the Ravens are not a good pass defense. They're really not. They've been below average as far as the NFL is concerned. If there's any matchup where the Bucks are going to be able to get their passing game right, it's this one. I I think like what minus one and a half points, that's actually a pretty good line, I think. I I'll take the underdog the here. Bucks? I think Thursday night football is weird, man. A lot of weird stuff happens on Thursday night football. The Bucks' defense is pretty good, especially the pass rush. I think that they keep Lamar Jackson somewhat contained. The Ravens don't have the best receivers in the world. If there's any matchup where the Bucks can come as the underdog and win, I think it's this one. I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I disagree. Like, I would put 50,000. I don't have 50,000. I have, I'll put up. What I have thirty five thousand fan points. Let me say I'll put up eight thousand fan points that says the Ravens beat the Bucks. That's how much I'm eight thousand fan points. Eight thousand have that much channel fan points or whatever. We'll go channel fan points on Twitch. That's what I'm going with. Oh, okay. Oh, then I definitely yeah. I've got like thirty eight grand packed in that baby. Let's go. Yeah, those are fun. We can throw those around. Let's do that. All right. All right. Yeah. We'll do that. We we don't have real fan points to throw around like that. I wish I could. <laughs> but let's 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 do that. All right, guys. Uh, FCF uh, development team. This is an email from one dude who's doing a podcast with you guys. Uh, I need you to be able to trade fan points with just me and Jose, just us two. All right, let's get that going. I think I think D said they're looking into it. They want to figure they're this out so it. we can we can bet on this show. But yeah, so go. I've got the Bucks. You've got the Ravens. We'll check in next week. We'll see who won this one. But let's move on to our next topic, okay? So we did the show last Wednesday. The next day. Literally. Biggest, biggest trade since probably the Russell Wilson trade. Christian McCaffrey is now a 49er. He saw limited snaps on Sunday where the 49ers lost and the Carolina Panthers ended up winning their game. So... The question is being asked right now, are the 49ers the best offense in the league with the addition of Christian McCaffrey? What do you think? If he's healthy, yes. 
hundred percent. I think they are. Look at what they have as far as offense goes. To me, the glaring weakness on their offense is Jimmy Garoppolo. And let's be honest here, that's not a bad, like, glaring weakness. The man is capable. And with all the offensive weapons he has, if Christian McCaffrey is healthy, that gives them an out on a lot of plays when he's just trying to, like, toss it up. CMC is one of the best running backs in the league when he's healthy. That's the key. Now, is he going to be healthy the whole season? I don't know. The man's hurt a lot. So to me, I think it shows just how these NF teams get boggled down with making their star players the point of their offense. Look at Carolina, exactly like you said. Now they got Chubba Howard in it and all those like other running backs. It's more of the opponents don't know where to focus their attack on. It's more they can get away with who's going to be running because it's more, they don't expect where it's coming from. And I love that about what Carolina is doing now. That's kind of what the Falcons did at the beginning of the season. It's such a wider range of running backs that the opposing defense had no idea where it's going, whose hands it's going to be in, if it's going to be a play action, if it's going to be a run. So that's kind of what I love about it. But that's not to say the 49ers aren't going to be one of the teams to beat. And I think they really are. I, I think, especially with CMC, if he's healthy, I, I see them going to the Super Bowl personally. No, absolutely not. This was such a bad trade for the 49ers. I can't believe they. This is them hitting the panic button. They are so afraid of what's going on in the NFC. They're so afraid about their losing to the Broncos that they are pulling the ripcord here to go out and get a guy that they absolutely don't need. The thing, the best thing about Kyle Shanahan, and I don't think Kyle, I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the most overrated coaches in the NFL. The thing that he has been good about his entire time in San Francisco is he finds the diamonds in the rough when it comes to the running back position. He will take Raheem Mostert and turn him into one of the top 10 running backs in the league. He'll take Jeff Wilson, turn him into one of the top 10 running backs in the league. He'll take Mitchell. He, uh, Elijah Mitchell is just all of a sudden one of the five best running backs in the league, and it's because of the scheme. Christian McCaffrey is, yes, arguably the best running back in the league. But how much production can you actually get out of a single running back? What is he going to do for their offense that Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel were not already doing? They spent so much in draft capital. They have basically no draft picks going for the future. They picked up an injury-prone running back to join what has been, through Kyle Shanahan's tenure, the most injured team in the NFL. This is such a bad trade for them. And I don't, I see this, it's all going to, the sand is going to dissolve in their hands with this. This is such a bad trade. See, I can't, I can't argue with that point because you're right. I, I said the entire time, if he's healthy, that's like a big if. So, all right, I, 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 I concede. I see your point, but I still think it's a great trade. As much as you say the draft capital is lost, the only thing that they really lost is an opportunity to get a better running back. And let's be real, Trey Lance hasn't really gotten an opportunity to do his best. Here's the, here's the thing. Right now, the rumor mill is spreading. You can pick up Kareem Hunt from the Browns for a fourth-round draft pick. A fourth round. Is 
the production you're going to get out of Christian McCaffrey that much different than what you're going to get out of Kareem Hunt? That many draft picks. Is the draft capital, is the size of that draft capital not massively bigger than the size of production between Kareem Hunt and CMC? This is not the 1990s. A running back is not going to massively change your game and win you a Super Bowl. When was the last time that we saw a running back-led team win a Super Bowl? The teams that are running back-led in the playoffs, they've fallen off in the middle of the playoffs. Derrick Henry doesn't get there. You're right, but look at the way the NFL is built this season. If they're thinking this season, the pass has not been going well. Quarterbacks are struggling this season. So maybe this is the time to go headfirst in and win a Super Bowl on the backs of Christian McCaffrey's running. Maybe this is the year to change it all up because you can't rely on quarterbacks anymore. I I mean, you look at the teams that are winning right now. It's Josh Allen. It's Jalen Hurts. It's the guys at the top, man. I just like maybe four teams that are like, really head and shoulders above everyone else thanks for telling me i just never thought it was head and shoulders i always was like that's just a shampoo company but (laughs) let's be real besides those like top four teams no one else has a quarterback that's worth their weight and salt this year everyone else is struggling like be honest can you name besides mahomes buffalo I can Cincinnati. name one quarterback who has stood out and and is carrying his team Gino, to wins right now. It's Geno Smith. Yeah, I knew it. I knew that was coming. I should have just I walked right into that one. Okay. Anyway, let's let's move on because I'm 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 tired of this. All right, that's gonna wrap up the NFL topics for the week. We'll be back to check on the Thursday night. We'll have a whole new set of third of NFL topics next week. But we gotta stop by just for a little bit. We got a couple baseball topics. I know baseball. Who cares about baseball? I do. That's who. The World Series is about to start. It's not the matchup we thought it was going to be. I definitely had the Astros making it to a World Series. I did you not did. have the Phillies making it this far, man. No. What do you think? I, Who's got the advantage here? Who do you think is going to take this thing? So it, it, to me, it's one of those classic underdog stories where like, I think the Phillies have the momentum. Do I want them to win? No, I am not a Phillies fan. I want them to lose. Do I think they're going to win? Probably. Uh, <clears throat> I think Houston has a lot to go. That They have a good bullpen. But to me, I think, like I said, Phillies has the momentum. Like the, uh, Bryce Harper just is kind of nuts this offseason. And, like, he's got a beautiful beard, man. Like, let's get that playoff beard going. I I, I hate I hate the Phillies, but Bryce Harper fucking deserves it, man. Bryce Harper is making really big hits when it counts. He's had multiple walk-offs this postseason. Uh, they've gotten a lot of big outs when they've needed them. That being said, I mean, the, the Phillies, really, they are getting hot. They got hot exactly the right time. They came in, yeah. pretty much ran the table at the end of the season, getting a lot of big wins in the postseason. Houston is a buzzsaw right now. Houston has not lost a game in the postseason. They've swept. They swept the Mariners. Then they swept the Yankees. I'm not going to be surprised if they sweep the Phillies. This is a team that's got excellent pitching. They've got guys who get hits. The first game against the Yankees, they struck out twice. They only struck out twice. These guys are getting hits. They're playing extremely good baseball. Um... 
I'm going to be safe. I'm going to say Houston in five, but don't be surprised if Houston wins the World Series without losing a postseason game. I mean, I'll be happy with it, but I think you're wrong. I think the Phillies, I think it's at least going to go, I want to say, I think it's going to go full seven, full series. Why? Just because. Honestly, I think as much as Houston's going and buzzing, I'm going to say full series with Houston winning it. I agree with you. They're going to win it, but I don't think it's going to be a sweep. Uh, I I love it. I'm going to be real. I don't like the Phillies, <laughs> but I feel like they have that postseason like uh, uh, that like that magic that that Cinderella magic that we always need in the postseason, and they they they're the ones that have it. So I, I'm I'm excited to see it. I, I I'm I think it's going to be a good hard fought series, but I agree with you. I think Houston's going to win it. I just think it's going to be more than, you know, Houston five. Yeah, I mean, the, that's the both these teams really did get hot. At the, they're they're really really hot right now. It's going to be hard to keep the Phillies from having these big time hits. Yeah, if anybody's going to do it, I think it's going to be Houston though. So yeah, those are our picks for the World Series. We'll check up on this after the first couple games. Let you know if Houston does actually sweep the Phillies, which would be insane. It'd be great. I'd it really it. would. I mean, I don't hate the Phillies. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I kind of like the Astros. Like, I kind of don't care that they cheated. I kind of respect the hustle. Okay, so that's like the most villainous thing I had, like, I've ever heard on the FCF thing. It's like, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the cheating. And it's just, what? what? Come on. Okay, okay, one. Every team stealing signs. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by the Dodgers and all these teams who are talking about how, oh, Houston cheated. So, oh, they're banging trash cans. They stole a World Series. They're all trying to do it. They're all cutting corners. They're all trying to find ways to win. That's a little bit shady. Okay, they're all doing it. Houston just found the best way to do it, man. You didn't hear them banging the trash cans. That's your fault, man. You should have been asking questions while you were playing the series. Like, I respect the hustle. That's exactly what it is. I feel like they shouldn't need to ask questions during the series. I think they should focus on, you know, playing the game. If if you can get away with it, get away with it, man. That's my philosophy. All right. Now I know who I need to pay attention to during Uno and Monopoly. All right. (laughs) All right. I see. All right. We got one more baseball topic to get into, man. And it's one that really, really excites me. Okay. I know it will. Aaron Judge is going to be a free agent in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. His contract with the Yankees is up. They sort of lowballed him in the offseason. He bet yeah. on himself, had one of the best hitting seasons we've seen since, you know, 2001, 2003. He's got his pick of where he gets to go. Yeah, we got that. We're getting the betting odds for where people think he's going to go right now. The San Francisco Giants, my favorite team, is currently in the lead. The Mets, the Dodgers, Astros, they're all involved. AJ, where do you think Aaron Judge is going to end up next year? All right, loaded question. I know it's loaded because you're so excited he's going to possibly go to the Giants. I, I know you're just waiting to like dance and celebrate because he, they got the highest. And I, honestly, I say get paid. He's probably going to end up a Giant, and I, I'm happy for you. Uh, but where I would like to see him go... The Red Sox, because imagine. Oh, my God. 
Imagine how upset people would be if he went from being a Yankee to being a Red Sox. That is the ultimate story. It would be perfect because the Sox haven't been good in years. Let's be honest here. They've kind of been mediocre bottom of the barrel for the last few seasons. And it'd be great to see that rivalry come back between New York and Boston. But having said that, he's going to go where the money goes, man. And if he doesn't, I'd be shocked. If he the goes report, to Boston, it'd be like a real like, hey. That would be insane. That would, oh my God. The city of New York would burn down. It would be incredible. Uh, the reports are right now the Giants are saying that they will not be outbid. They will match any offer. They will give more money than any team. Um, if he does not become a Giant, bad. it will not be because of money. Um, but as much as I want it to happen, I don't think he's going to end up being a Giant next year. I think he resigns with the Yankees. I think the Yankees give him a really big offer. I think he stays in pinstripes. I think he I think he takes the offer. Now he is he's a Northern California guy. Okay. He he went to school here. He grew up here. He was a he's been a Giants fan since he was a kid. If if is that enough to sway him out of New York? Now I will say this. In that last series. The Yankee fans were booing Aaron Judge because he wasn't hitting home runs in the playoffs anymore. His what is could be his last game as a Yankee was not sold out in the playoffs. Tickets were going for $15 for Yankees Stadium because those fans are terrible. Yankees fans are so bad. The second that they they're just not performing to the max, they just give up on the team. It's disgusting. I hate them. Aaron, come home, man. Come home. Make the team great again. Uh, tell them how you really feel. Tell the folks how you really feel. No, oh, uh, I can't stand Yankees fans. I I genuinely think that there's enough reason for him to come home that even if the Yankees, you know, try and give him a bag and, you know, convince him to stay, I think for all the reasons you said, if I were in his position – and the Braves were one of the teams that, like, I grew up with. Even if the Yankees were, like, if the Braves matched anything the Yankees did, and I'd been a Yankee my entire career, boy, howdy, would I drop those pinstripes and pick up a red, like, and blue Atlanta hat. So if, if he grew up in Northern California, he, he went to college out there, his family's out there, there's no reason not to. Because let's be honest, I don't like I don't like New York. My sister lives in New York. Every time I visit her, I tell her the city sucks. It's too crowded, too many people. People are assholes. And you're right. The fans are the most fair weather fans ever. If they're not doing well, well, you're not getting any fans there. <laughs> so I, I genuinely, I, I know you think he's going to be Yankee, but I, I guess I'm going to be rooting for your Giants in this situation. But I'm really going to be rooting for the Red Sox just to get that. <laughs> it would it would be, it would fan. be so funny. But you you know what would actually be even, an even bigger move than him going to the Red Sox if he goes to the Mets, stays no, in the me. same market, stays in the same market. The Mets are willing. The Mets have the money. They're willing to spend as much as it took. They spent more money in the last offseason than any other team. If he goes Fuck to that. the Mets. If he goes to the Mets, it will be way worse than him going to the Red Sox because he's just going across town. He doesn't even have to find a new place to live. Fudge that. I hate the Mets. I'm saying fudge to all of that. Fudge to the judge going to the Mets, all right? 
That's that's what I'm saying because the Mets don't deserve him. Let's be real. And that would just it doesn't matter. It really that's just a change of venue for them. And people like the Mets venue in New York from what I've heard. Like it's pretty nice. So I I, I would rather him go anywhere else outside of New York. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's going to wrap up our MLB talk. Uh, let's get into a little NBA talk. I've got a question for you, okay? We've gone through like the first week or so of the NBA season. There's this big prospect waiting at the end of the season for everybody. Victor Webanyama. Teams are already beginning to tank for him. There are teams right now that there's going to be a lot of buyers and sellers throughout this season before we get to the end of the trade deadline. What's one player that you think is going to get moved this year? Who do you think are going to be? What teams that are end up tanking are they going to send their players off? Which teams are going to be buying at the last minute to try to make playoffs? Or do you see any big transactions happening before the end of the year? It. I'm going to say this. I have three in mind off the top of my head. One, the first one I'm going to go off of, I don't think is going to happen in reality, and that's Dame. Dame Lillard leaving Portland. Uh, I, I think he, he'd be great to land in Denver. I think that would be a smart move on Portland's part because they've kind of been mediocre for the last few seasons again. And Dame has been one of those professional consummate players that he doesn't want to leave Portland until the decision is made for him. He's drafted there. He wants to stay there. So do I think that's going to happen? No. I think it'd be great if he landed in Denver. I think that would make everybody happy. Um, What I actually think may happen, Utah giving up Rudy Gobert. They already got rid of Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert is a center in the middle of nowhere. He has nobody to pass to. There's no offense over there. It'd be great for them to pair up with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. That would be an amazing trade for them. They get trade prospects as much as possible from the jet the the nets but the nets don't really have that much to offer that'd be cool to Not see really no yeah but the one that i really think is going to happen and it makes the most sense out of all of them bradley beal to the heat bradley beal needs to leave washington washington needs to start over altogether it's a win-win for both sides you, you know they could possibly get like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, and like first round picks, maybe like the 27th overall from the Heat. They could even maybe convince them to get like Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent, some like off pieces. But that's a whole young core that they can build around. That's not bad. Tyler Hero is great. Duncan Robinson can literally shoot the ball better than most people from three point. And then they get a new, the Heat get a new core team of Jimmy Butler, Bradley Beal, and Bam Adebayo with Kyle Lowry as their point guard. Now that's a playoff contender team. You can grab other assets from other teams. And that'll allow not only the Wizards to have good, like a good core base for when Wimbanyana comes off, you know, for them. Yeah. But it, it, it also helps the Heat. So it's one of those things that I think would be great. But I don't think anybody should do it. I, I think tanking the way that the draft is built is a terrible idea. Uh, the amount of not only randomness there is in the lottery because the, the like chances of you getting first pick are not really that great, even if you're the last. It's kind of random, really. They have definitely did a good job changing it up. But 
look at what happened with Zion Williamson. He was like touted to be the next LeBron James. And for the first three seasons, he's kind of been a non-factor. Great player. Don't get me wrong. Hurt a lot. Hurt. He's hated his organization. There's a lot of things going on. And you don't know if you can get that with any player. So to me, I say build, but that's that's the best buy sell situation I got. What about you, Jose? I, I want to know your I, thoughts. I like the Bradley Beal pick. That that's there's been rumblings of Bradley Beal Bradley Beal getting out of Washington for a really long time. A lot of people thought he was going to go to the Heat last season. They ended up re-signing him, uh, getting a contract extension. So I could see that. I could see Bradley Beal finally leaving that uh, that team and going to a team that can win because he's really good. Um, the obvious one a lot of people are talking about, we got in the graphic here, Russell Westbrook is eventually going to get traded to a team that is tanking, right? They're going to trade for whatever like decent players that team has, get some cap space moved around and stuff. The, the obvious pick is that eventually Russell Westbrook is going to go to the Pacers for Bradley, uh, for uh, Buddy Heald, and probably a couple other guys as well. Buddy Heal's an extremely good three-point shooter. That's the thing the Lakers need more than anything else right now is shooters. They need guys who can space the floor for AD. They need guys who can space the floor for LeBron. Uh, Buddy Heald is a great choice to do that. Russell Westbrook's shooting 8% from three right now, not helping the team at all. So that's sort of the obvious one. The one that I think is a dark horse pick might not happen, but just be on the lookout. Keep your eyes open. Joel Embiid is not going to be a 76er for very long. Okay. I, I don't agree with that, but but why do you think so? That team right now is, is terrible for so many reasons. Doc Rivers is a horrible coach. He's not coaching that team well. He's not getting them in a position to, to win right now. James Harden is maxing out his usage rate. He's creating a really... Harden's getting his points. He's getting his assists. He's getting all that stuff. But he's not, just like in the Rockets, he's not doing it in a way that's going to win you a championship. It's not good team basketball, what James Harden does. Um, there's so much stuff missing from that team. That team is not, they're starting off, have they even won a game yet? Like, we're, they're 0-4 right now, right? 0-3? I, let me let me check that. I, I don't, is that right? I think so. They're a bad basketball team right now. They're losing to teams that they absolutely should not lose to. Joel's he looks unhappy when you watch him play. They're not they're doing really bad. I think he's going to force his way out when he forces his way out. I think he's going to end up on the Miami Heat. We talk about those same pieces you talk about, but instead, you know, Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is a really good defensive player, but he's lacked a killer instinct that you see from guys like Joel Embiid. They're one and three. They're one. Like, they, they did win they a game. Won they won a, a game. Yes, they won a game. I I could see I could see Bam out of bio. Maybe Tyler Hero as well. Maybe Duncan Robinson for yeah. Joel Embiid, and then the Heat go and you know compete for a championship. I think that's a, even a better position to get than uh, Bradley Beal. Joel Embiid's been an MVP contender for a while. He brings the kind of things that the Miami Heat are really lacking in. He's a defensive upgrade over Bam, who is already a good defensive player, but he's a true center in the way that that team does not have a true center. Bam is yep. uh, Bam's more of a power forward than anything else. 
Pat Riley is an insane person who loves to land himself a, sh- a big whale. This is the biggest whale in the league right now. They went after wrong. KD. They weren't able to get KD, but they can get Joel because Joel's going to be upset pretty soon. You're not wrong. I can see that happening, honestly. Um, I, I, I genuinely don't think Joel's going anywhere. I think maybe Harden. I, I feel like the or- Philly organization is too set on joel they, they just want to constantly build around him so they're going to constantly try to make him feel good i feel like this is one of those situations where if the heat are going to do it they got to offer something ridiculous and you know it honestly i'd love to see it i think it'd be great i think this is uh another this is kind of the changing of the guard season i think we're going to see more out of the younger players more like I think my favorite thing this past week was um, John Morant baiting Ben Simmons into a, like his fouling out, <laughs> like his sixth foul or yeah. whatever, and fouling out of the game. And that was honestly one of the best moments for me because it just shows the change in the guard. It's like the younger guys are taking over of the old guys. Like LeBron is no longer the best player in the league. Kevin Durant may not be the best player in the league anymore. It, you know, you got to look. Giannis is definitely up there. But like you got to start making the argument is is you know John Morant one is Trey Young one is everyone's gonna say Luka Doncic but I don't think the Mavs are doing that great so far and the Hawks officially are in the number two spot in the Eastern Conference with their win just now let's go four and one baby take your victory lap at five games in that's smart yeah it's a good time it's a good time. All right. Uh, well, yeah, that's that'll wrap up our NBA. There's going to be more interesting NBA conversations to be had as the season unfolds. A lot of speculation right now. We just we don't know what's going on in the NBA right now. There's so much crazy stuff going on. Teams are moving around all kinds of things. AJ, I want you to introduce our next topic here because you know way more about the subject than I do. Oh, Explain yes. it to the people. Okay. So we have the issue that is CM Punk. Now, for the people that don't know, CM Punk is a very, very, very famous wrestler that just joined AEW. And it's amazing because he changed from WWE. He was retired for a long time and came out of retirement to join AEW. It was great. Everybody loved it. All the fans were enamored with it. Now, after only a year, there has been so much locker room turmoil caused by him amongst the other wrestlers and the EVPs that Tony Khan is forced to buy out his contract. Now his contract was for five years. So there's four years right there. And not only that, the contract has a stipulation that says he cannot go anywhere after this. There's no compete clause in it. So the big issue is this was supposed to be one of the biggest comebacks ever. And is it worth it? Is it worth it to spend millions of dollars to kick this man out? Now, I think CM Punk is done. I, I think his career is over. He literally punched and bit two of the EVPs of AEW in a backstage brawl after winning the title heavyweight championship. And literally at one of the post conference meetings just made fun of everybody uh i think his time is in wrestling is completely done i i think he put his own foot in his mouth and it made the entire wrestling community look bad 
uh, there's clearly was issues when he was in the locker room at WWE and it was great as a fan to see him come back. Everybody loved CM Punk. He was a great player, like great wrestler, but this backstage argument, brawling, fighting is not okay. There needs to be a level of respect amongst every wrestler. Wrestling is one of the few sports, sports entertainment genres that you have to trust your partner even if you don't like them your life is True. in their hands so i i think i think he's out of here i don't i wouldn't trust him if i was anyone else in there i think his time is done it's unfortunate it's a lo- big loss of money but it is so what it you is say man. you say his time is done now i think his time's been done for like 10 years Bringing this back, obviously, they popped a huge rating with it. They got a bunch of excitement. But putting the belt on this guy was such a stupid idea. I'll tell you what. I can't stand Phil, okay? I'm not going to call him by his stupid name. His name's Phil, okay? And I don't like Phil. Phil's annoying. Phil complains all the time. Phil thinks everything needs to be done his way. You know who Phil reminds me of? He reminds me of late 90s Hulk Hogan. That's who he reminds me of. He's a guy, he's so committed to this, the backwards, old school, carny wrestling, where Phil feels like if he's not getting one over on you, you're getting one over on him. And he can't have that. He's the guy who, he doesn't want to work. He just wants to make the money. That's all he cares about. He talked about it all the time in WWE. He's talked about how he used to pray that he would get hurt so that he could just go home and sit around and eat. I think what he he would say he wanted to eat a beef sandwich. He wants to watch his stupid hockey. The guy is so annoying. There's an old Vince McMahon quote, which like say what you will about Vince or whatever, but it tells so much about Phil's character where he said that CM Punk was harder to work with than Shawn Michaels was when he was on drugs. That's rough. I, 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 hey man, I like I, you're not spitting any like wrongs. All right, I, I, I'm a hundred percent behind you on this. I, I think his locker room etiquette is one that is to be desired. You know, like we don't want that around here. It leaves a lot to be desired, is what I'm trying to say. And like the difference between him and like somebody that came back, Sting, being a consummate professional, the two are completely different. You've never heard anything negative about Sting. You've heard so many people complain about CM Punk. And the reason why he has a career is because the fans love him. He gets energy out of them, and it's great. The reason he has a career is because he cut a promo once. Okay, he's good at cutting promos, but I'm going to say this. His time is done. I agree with you there. He should have spent more time bringing up the young Mm -hmm. talent built-in talent that AEW had, like he said he was going to do. If they just kept doing that, instead of giving him the belt, like seeing him, Sting, battle alongside Darby Allin is one of the best things I've seen in a long time in wrestling. And that's what they should have kept him doing. Him and Christian Cage need to keep just helping the younger generation out, and that's what they need to focus on. That's what AEW is good for, and that's why everybody loves them, is because they're not WWE. They're not keeping the same five guys in the front, or in WWE's case, Roman Reigns, up there for months on end. They need to develop their young talent. That's what everybody loves. And the fact that they bring in all these independent wrestlers to show off in a big setting. Keep doing what you're good at, AEW. Don't try to compete with WWE. Nobody wants another WWE. 
that's all that that's what i have to say tony get better Let, let's be real get better at doing what you need to do because yep. i don't think t- i don't think triple h is going to change wwe that much so all be right. better. that's gonna be wrap better. it up for the wrestling talk i'm done with cm punk we got two comic book movie stories I want to get to. The Ant-Man 3 Quantumania trailer dropped. I'm not big on the Marvel Universe. I'm going to be honest. I'm a bit burnt out on it right now. But I'm a big Jonathan Majors fan. I'm more excited for the next Creed movie that he's in than I am for this. It's a neat trailer, though. A lot of a lot of people standing in front of green screens. So, you know, that's not my favorite. AJ, what'd you think about the Ant-Man trailer? I'm not excited. Uh, it's really hard for me to say. I'm a huge comic book nerd. I love I love Paul Rudd, great actor, but everything that like they showed in this Ant-Man trailer just seemed not Ant-Man. It it genuinely feels like uh Marvel had everything planned up to endgame. And then afterwards, it's just let's catch up let's catch up let's catch up we got to keep doling out these money makers and it it becomes very apparent especially with the fx department constantly complaining that they don't have enough time they're overworked they're not getting paid enough to terrible endings like she hulk where they actually make fun of that like they said oh we have to have you transform off scene because it's cheaper for the video fx team and they've moved on to another project and then you hear wakanda music in the background like they're phoning it in so am i excited about this no not at all i'm more excited about everything that's happening in the next topic that we're going to talk yeah but well i mean i I haven't i haven't watched a marvel project since falcon and winter soldier maybe i don't know i'm totally checked out on these i'm probably not gonna watch this ant-man movie until like much later maybe i'm more like black panther will probably be the next thing that actually gets me out for a marvel property i'm not pumped for this but you say you're really excited for the next thing you went and watched black adam for some reason this weekend i don't know what's wrong with good i don't believe you it was good okay (laughs) okay In my opinion, and maybe it's just because, like, it's one of the first times that I've seen a superhero from, like, quote-unquote, the Middle East. He's from Kandak, which is, like, another, you know, fictional country in the DCEU, but it's supposed to represent, like, a Middle Eastern country. So, I thought it was great. Yes, it was The Rock being The Rock for Rock's sake in multiple ways with a lot of gory action slow-mo 300 type scenes but you kind of gotta love it like when you walk in you kind of gotta expect that going and if you walk in expecting that it surprises you there was a lot it was a very straight laced movie but there was humor somehow involved with it that made it great like they didn't take themselves stupid seriously but you know, it's the it's the rock. He's kind of got to take himself seriously. Not only that, it was good to see like it, it's it, it's something that's going on in the Middle East right now. There, there's an entire revolution going on in Iran, and mm-hmm. for me, I think this is great because it kind of talks about that in a way that allows people to you know, recognize and sympathize with the people of Iran and these these countries that are, you know, dealing with 
handling a dictator trying to overthrow a government it kind of shows them like sometimes you have to change the way you look at things and view sometimes violence is an answer yeah it's not the best story to tell people or like but the way they showed it made you sympathize with the people and i think especially for what's going on in the world right now it's pretty great it's a good storyline like if you're expecting an action movie, this is perfect for it. But not only that, it brought back Superman. It brought back Henry Cavill as Superman. It The Rock did something that a lot of people couldn't do, and that was get rid of Walter Hamada. And instead, now we have James Gunn. Yeah, we got the, the guy. The guy who he directed um, the only really DC things i really liked in a long time he did the suicide squad and then he did the peacemaker tv show james gunn is very hit or miss for me i don't love everything or even most of the thing that he does um parts of suicide squad i didn't like parts of peacemaker i didn't like i think most of his movies i kind of don't like but he's interesting at least uh he's got a he's got a thing that works for most people so I honestly I'm not soup like the Batman. I like the Batman. Do more stuff like the Batman. Just give your movies to people who have cool ideas and let we I don't need the whole universe thing, man. I don't need all these crossover characters. I don't need Henry Cavill back as Superman. I don't care. Just make a good Superman movie. I don't care if it's the guy that was in the movie beforehand. Just make a good one. So, I mean, I'm way more interested in the Matt Reeves stuff than this James Gunn stuff. I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. The Matt Reeves stuff is very compelling in the way he, like, shot the Batman, especially from, like, a videographer standpoint. It was visually appealing as well as interesting and a good story. But I love action movies, too. I thought it was great. And to me, the fact that they're changing you know, who's leading the DCEU with James Gunn, I think is good. I think it needs a new breath of fresh air. I think it also allows for what you want, like these one-offs, which is like what comic books are kind of known for. There's so many different, you know, dimensions that you can go into, different multiverses and all that that we can have. Anybody go in, you know, experiment in, in those worlds, if you will. But I think having James Gunn lead them and co, you know, be the co-president and co-creative director or whatever co he is now, I think it's good because he's going to allow the creativity to flow more so than the former heads were. He seems like a genuine creative guy. He looks like he is. Come on. The Guardians of the Galaxy stuff is kind of off the wall there and great in a great way. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see it. I feel like we're not going to see as many cookie cutter box cutting DC movies that are just like, yeah. oh, we're dark and action filled and 300 slow-mo sequences. It's going to be different. It's going to be goofy. We're going to see more, you know, Peacemaker, more the Suicide Squad type things. And I'm here for it. Like the more comic book movies that are like not money grabs, I'm here for I agree. I want to see some interesting stuff. And I do think James Gunn is the kind of guy who will let people do what they want to do. Give us some cool stuff. So this is more exciting to me. Uh, Black Adam, probably just going to I'm going to wait for streaming. I'm not I don't got to make it to the theater for this one. Uh, but, I'm never, I, I can't convince anybody to go see it. It's 
genuinely <laughs> worth it. I, I really feel like if there's a Tuesday matinee and cheap dollar, $5 Tuesday movie night at your night, it's worth it, guys. Especially if you just want to see an action movie. All right. Well, we got one more topic <laughs> like, to do. This is a really fun one. I'm really excited to talk about this one. I saw viral tweet go around earlier this week, and I was like, we got to talk about this on the show because it's asking the question, what is the best fictional cheeseburger that you could get? Can we bring up this tweet? Um, yeah, so the, the, four, the four options that we got here, the Krusty Krab, which of course has the Krabby Patty, Krusty right, right. Burger, Bob's Burgers with all of his boutique specialty burgers, and the Good Burger from Good Burger. Okay. AJ, do you have opinions on what the best fictional cheeseburger would be? Okay, I'm going to break it down how I see it works. All right, Krusty Burger is just McDonald's. It's like a low-budget McDonald's. You can get hurt mm-hmm. there. I, I'm okay on that. Good Burger, I feel like, is like Wendy's. You know, it's been a while, around for a while. They have a lot of old, you know, stores. Looks like it's from the 90s, maybe late 80s, but it's still good. So I'm going to go like Wendy's level. Now, Krusty Krab, I feel like, is the in and out of these fictional things. Everybody loves mm-hmm. it. It's great. Everybody raves about it when they eat it once. But I'm not a big fish guy. And I feel like because it's underwater, it's going to have like tartar sauce or something on it that I'm not going to enjoy. And Bob's Burgers is like that mom and pop store. They change up the specialty every week. You don't know what you're going to get. The greasiness, you know, the butter and bun is made with love because it's the owner who's running it. Everywhere else, the owner's not running it. Mr. Krabs isn't behind the like grill mm-hmm. flipping things. True. It's just Bob's and his burgers. I'm going to go with Bob's Burgers. You're going to go with Bob Burger. You want the specialty. You want the boutique. You want the fancy, whatever kind of weird. He's putting, I don't yeah. know, mac and cheese on his burgers or whatever he's doing. Yeah. No, not for me. What I like about a cheeseburger is I like a classic cheeseburger. I want a simple cheeseburger. I want the the, the ideal cheeseburger of what you think of in your mind and that is what you get with the Krabby Patty. The Krabby Patty looks like the perfect cheeseburger. It looks like when you look in the dictionary and you go find cheeseburger, that's the picture that's right next to it. You compared it to In-N-Out, I'm a huge In-N-Out stan. If you go to my Twitter, I'm talking about the In-N-Out. I'm getting in the debates with people online. If you call In-N-Out mid, you and I are going to have words because that's crap in and out's excellent i eat there like once a week i'm from california okay it's what we do out here it's the west coast staple it's what i when i look at the Krabby patty man that's what it looks like to me and like i mean the good burger i was never a big good burger fan i didn't like the good burger movie so i'm not going there like you said i mean Krabby, you you see the uh you see the crusty burger man it looks like the most broke fast food burger king garbage not into that at all i don't need a fancy cheeseburger man i don't need truffle on my burger i don't need mac and cheese on my burger give me the give me the crabby patty man that's exactly what i want but what if all right now what if it's like it's fish they don't have cows down there so like the patty's gotta be something that's not like a burger though so 
it's it's the Krabby Patty. So isn't it a crab patty that they're using? I don't think so. Mr. Krabs is a crab. You're not killing other crabs to make the burger. I don't know. Have you seen any other crabs ever besides the lobster, Barry the lobster? Because that's a lobster. That's not crab. Have you ever seen another crab in SpongeBob? Okay, so I I, I did just look this up. Uh, the creator of SpongeBob has stated that the patty does not contain any meat. It is okay. It, this this is an so impossible burger. Patty. Okay, it's an impossible burger. Does that change your thoughts now? I mean, it's people say it tastes good. Like people have the experience of eating a cheeseburger when they eat it, so but it must be people good. People that haven't eaten cheeseburgers, though, that say that. I mean, didn't I'm didn't, changing your mind here now, aren't I? Did it like King Triton or whoever, like he ate the Krabby Patty and then he threw it up so that he could eat it again? Yeah. But like that's that's got to be a, a good cheeseburger. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I mean, it, it changes things a little bit, but I think I'm going to stay with my pick here just because okay. it looks it looks perfect. All right. That's fair. I'll take it. I'll allow it. You're a more of a visual guy and I'm more of like, I want the taste. Okay. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for Don't Cause a Ruckus this week. Uh, this was a great show. I really enjoyed doing this one. We got some fun topics here. No, I enjoyed uh, it too. Definitely. Make sure it. you guys uh, you know, subscribe to the Twitch, subscribe to the YouTube, wherever you're watching this at. Be back next week, 6 p.m. West Coast time on the Fan Control channel to see us. Let us know what you want, you guys want us to debate next week. If you have any topic ideas, more wrestling topics, more movie topics, more weird topics like what fictional cheeseburger would you eat? Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. We're here for it. And for myself, I'm AJ Ka. Thank you guys for coming showing up. Make sure you guys watch the fan-controlled show, Hot Dog Water, tomorrow. And that's it for me, guys. Same fan time. Same fan plays. Jose, take us out, man. All right. Uh, that's that's the best we're going to do, I guess. I think we're still sticking with same fan time, same fan channel. I just we'll see you next it. week, guys. This has been a presentation of the Fan Controlled Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. Comment, rate, and subscribe to this feed for all of your favorite fan-controlled shows. If you'd like to create a podcast or live stream a show with us, please reach out at content at fcf.io.